Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Help me welcome our internet audience. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. How's everybody? Good, good, good. Hey, um, two weeks from tonight, it's Christmas Eve. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's habitation service. Two weeks from tonight. And uh, if you haven't been to one of our habitation services, make sure you're there for that. And what we're doing is, you know, God has chosen to make his habitation with us, to dwell with us. And uh, it's a service where we just extend, where this would be about an hour service. That's about an hour and a half service. And it's just a time where we extend some, slow down some uh, in praise and worship. Um, and really just seek, God, what is your word in the moment? And just minister however he would uh, lead us to do it. It's a beautiful time, refreshing time. We're growing in some things too as a church family concerning that. And so I really encourage you to come and be with us for habitation two weeks from tonight. And then Sunday, I don't know what you got going on Sunday, but we, we're going to have a little thing around here called church. And so um, love to have you come and be with us. We're in the middle of a series. Anybody remember what it's called? Family Matters. And uh, we're diving into some super, super important things. I do believe this, and I know I've been telling you this for oh, almost 26 years now, but um, when we're in a series, I believe that is a season that God is saying. He's speaking something to us as a church family, and uh, I believe he's speaking to us about on Sundays about um, family matters and um, um, important, so make sure you're there for that. Amen? All right. Well, we're in this series on Wednesdays called Believe. And um, we're going through what is called systematic theology. How many of you know this is not really that hard? I mean, we're sharing some big words from time to time, but you just look smarter to me this week than you even did last week. You know, just. Um, but we've got to know what we believe and why we believe and be able to articulate those things. And God has put it together in such a way that we can get it. We can get it. We, we've kind of been sold a lie some somehow somewhere along the way that. This is hard and we can never understand it and can't put it together. And it, and it is so not true. God had this put together for us. He knew the target audience. So, you know, this, this we can crack the code, so to speak. And um, so we're a year and a half or so into this series on Believe, uh, going through systematic theology. We're, we're now in a section of this where we're, we're going to take a number of weeks on something called pneumatology. Everybody say pneumatology. And that's P-N-U, um, not N-E-W, okay? And it, it's pneuma, which is the Greek word for spirit. It has to do with breath or wind. And so add ology to anything. Remember I told you last week, you have ice creamology. How many of you would like to be a professor of ice creamology? All right. <laughs> All right. Um, but it's the study, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So we're looking at a number of things. Last week we looked at the person or the personality of the Holy Spirit. And tonight I want to begin something that's actually, we're going to take a couple weeks on this, uh, on the work of the Holy Spirit. 
And um, so this is, this is going to be good stuff for us tonight. Let's go ahead and look in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. You'll want to know this verse. And uh, this is the English Standard Version, probably one of the most scholarly and accurate as far as translations. Um, runs real close with the New King James, and I use the New King James um, uh, most of the time um, for what we would read in service. But I try to mix it up a little bit and, and get the one that I think is speaking well to us. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, notice this, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we've got the whole trinity here. We've got Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And Paul is finishing this important letter, his second letter to the church at Corinth. And this is like a, a benediction. It's like a, he's closing this out. Is that not powerful? You know, he's just declaring that over. So I, oh, look at it again. Read it with me. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't that powerful? I recommend you start ending all of your, your texts with that. That's probably too many characters for Twitter, but um, that's just a powerful thing to, to say and to declare. Look at it also in the message, and the message is a paraphrase, but it's put together by Eugene Peterson, who's also, um, uh, he's a scholar in Hebrew and Greek. So even though he's put it in, you know, contemporary kind of wording, um, he understands the language. So it's good to kind of read a paraphrase too. The same verse, he says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and here's where I'm after tonight, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Read this one with me. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Is that not also powerful? Amen. Look with me, if you will, in, um, and, and before I go to this verse, I want you to notice out of that, again, going back to what we talked about last week, the person, the personality of the Holy Spirit, we can have personal interaction and relationship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, referred to as he. And go, go back to last week. I, I can't take all the time to go back to, to all of that, but... Um, there's personality in person. We can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And remember this, that the Father and the Son are observing and directing everything from thrones in heaven right now. So our, I thought God said he'd never leave us, never forsake us. And God and Jesus are sitting down. So who's with us? How long is he going to be with us? You sure it's not till Thursday at 2? It's forever. He said, I'll never leave you. And so he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent of action, the agent of power, the agent of presence of God Almighty, the Holy Trinity of God in the earth today. And he dwells in temples not made with hands. And that's a who. That's you. That's you. And so we are, as believers, you are. You ready for this? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Let's look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, 
the very beginning of this discussion on gifts, I want you to notice something. Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Okay? I do not want you to be uninformed concerning what? Spiritual gifts. Notice the word gifts here, and maybe in your Bible too, it is italicized, which means this word right here in this passage is not in the original Greek New Testament, okay? It is put there because it's kind of implied that the context of everything that this is in certainly are gifts, but this is overall more about Paul is saying, I don't want you to be uninformed concerning spiritual things, okay? So it is not just gifts. Well, how did it end up there? Editors uh, thought it was implied and took liberty and license and and insert that there. But if you go and look, um, one of the ways that we can go back and see what these words mean is the Strong's Concordance. And in Strong's, there's a numbering system. So every word has a number. And the Greek words correspond with the English. And if you look up this, this one right here, the number is 9999. And it means there's not a word. There's not a Greek word inserted there. So somebody has added that, you know, a, an editor has. Um, the big point of that is Paul is simply saying concerning spiritual things I, and the things of the spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed. Other translations say, I don't want you to be ignorant, okay? So when we talk about uninformed or ignorant, it also by definition means this. I don't want you to be uninformed. I also don't want you to be misinformed. Now let's talk about that. Concerning spiritual things, we have that. We have where some people are uninformed and you have where some people are misinformed. So our purpose with this, and this is a holy thing, y'all. We're trying to rightly divide God's word. Y'all here? We're not just doing some Wednesday thing in lieu of, well, we don't have a bowling alley, so let's, you know. No, um, this is a holy thing that we're trying to rightly divide God's word. And, and concerning the Holy Spirit and spiritual things, we want to make sure that we are not uninformed and we want to make sure that we are not misinformed. So as we rightly divide God's word with everything in us, and my prayer is, you heard me pray it again tonight too, Holy Spirit, help me to teach about teach the people about you. So we're wanting him to be actively involved in helping us to understand so that we can uh, operate properly the way that he wants it done concerning spiritual things. Is that good with y'all? Amen. Now, um, if I were the enemy, and I'm not, if I were the enemy and I wanted to hinder and limit God's people, I would... One of the things I would do is get God's people messed up about the Holy Spirit. I'd, I'd get some of them. Um, well, here's the thing. I'd just drive them into extremes. And we've used this analogy for a long, 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 long time now. For every truth, there's a road. And on either side of the road, so let's say this is the road. No, because y'all are going to get mad at me because y'all are both in extremes then, right? Okay. But... For every truth, there is a road. Think about it. Every truth in God's word, there's a road. And on either side of the road, there's a ditch. And one ditch would be excess. The other ditch would be abuse. Or excuse me, avoidance. 
So because some people would take one truth and drive it into the ditch, so to speak, of excess, other people are going to avoid it altogether. So if I were the enemy and I want to get people of God messed up, limited, hindered, I'd get them all messed up about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our helper, as we're going to see tonight. I want to get them so messed up that, that they're either in such extremes about this that it just becomes, they just think the Holy Spirit is God's party planner. It's just about getting together and getting, getting goofy and getting sweaty. You know? And then other people see that. They go, I want nothing to do with that. So when they come along the road, they go into the other ditch to not even get close to this. So then you got people messed up. And, and, and remember, all extremes lead to what? Error. And does error set us free? Truth sets us free. So let's get back on the road. So Tim's tow truck. <laughs> trying to yank you all out of the ditch and get, get back in the road on this all the way. Amen. And you'll say, but pastor, I'm already good on this or this or that. Well, good for you, but make sure that the, that the enemy doesn't get you in a, into spiritual pride about the things of the spirit. Well, I've been filled with the spirit for years and years. And, and, and what do you want? A hat? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just live our life and have some, have some fruit. That's the real evidence of it. Or people afraid or people that think, well, I can never attain to the things of the spirit. Listen, all of this is within reach of all of us. Do you hear that? All of this is within reach of all of us. You know, whether today you programmed a computer or you changed diapers, you know, whether you flew an airplane today or you drove a broom, you know what? I I didn't mean like, I didn't say fly one. You operated one, okay? And my point is, nobody's better than anybody else. Do y'all hear me? Nobody's better than anybody else. This is God's creative order. And whatever season you're in right now, you're just being faithful. And And as you do that, but this is, all of this is within reach of all of us. Amen. All right. Now, John 14 through John 16, the Gospel of John, is all... This is all spoken um, during the Last Supper. Okay, and we're going to look at some things here. Um, it's all—it's after Judas left. Okay, so Judas is now darted out of the dinner, and this is all spoken during the Last Supper. This is about fourteen hours, roughly, before the cross. Okay. So give a little context there. Let's look now in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Jesus is speaking. He says, and I will pray the Father. I'll pray to the Father. And he will give you, help me, another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him For he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay? Now, he is introducing the Holy Spirit. If you'll carefully look, the the followers of Jesus, the disciples, the apostles at this point, know virtually nothing about the Holy Spirit at this point. If you'll go back and read, they know virtually nothing. 
Now, they'll put it together later and realize a number of things. Um, Luke, in, in, in the book of Acts, we'll, we'll talk about in Luke uh, 10.38, he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How was God with him? With the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay, so now he's kind of putting together, that's what it was. That's part of what this was. So they are just being introduced to the Holy Spirit. They know virtually nothing of the Holy Spirit. And now Jesus at this point introduces the Holy Spirit as the, you remember what it said? Helper. And so he's the helper. He's also that word, and we're, we're going to break down the word here in just a moment. Helper, the other top takeaway would be comforter. So this is significant. Any of y'all ever need help? Yes. I heard something, but is any, let me just see. Anybody here ever need help? Okay. All right. Anybody here ever need comfort? It's the same people. <laughs> I need both. It's significant to me that when Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit, he, he didn't just go back into the history. Did you know the Holy Spirit was there at creation? And before. But he introduced him as, y'all, I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Helper. I mean, just right away, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Comforter. So I love that when he introduces the Holy Spirit, who will be coming, um, introduced him as helper and comforter. He uses that phrase uh, four times during that same discussion, chapters 14, 15, 16. Look at verse 16 here in the Amplified Bible. And what it does, it takes uh, and brings out a little more out of the, the Greek translation. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, we just read this verse, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. Now watch, it's gonna amplify this word comforter or helper. Watch this. He will give you another, say it with me, comforter. And, and here's aspects of the comforter, the Holy Spirit, counselor. Anybody? Okay, let me just tell you, a lot of y'all need counselor. Okay. okay. Uh, helper. Intercessor. What? What's that? Intercessor. That he is, he is, Running in the middle between us and God. He is interceding for us. Coming to our aid on our behalf with the Father. Intercessor. Advocate. Whew. Strengthener. Any, anybody need a little boost now and then? I, I stopped and got some smoothie on the way to church this afternoon. And they said, would you, would you like... Um, this or that in there. And I looked up on the little chart there and they had all kinds of things you could just add. I wish this, I, I'm believing it really works. Okay. But said memory, energy. I said, give me some energy. It was only 99 cent extra to get some energy. I, I think I can go for days right now. Yeah. No, but how, how about real deal? The Holy spirit as our strengthener. Amen. And what? Stand by. What does that mean? Right here. I'm just right here. What you need. When it happens, I'm here. I'm here. Never alone. Never without help. 
and he introduced the Holy Spirit, that he may remain with you forever. Can the church say amen tonight? And, and literally, this word out of the Greek means called to one side, one who walks alongside, side by side to give help and to give aid. Yeah. So in essence, in essence, he is whatever you would, bless you, he is whatever you would need him to be, and he's there ready to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's break this down a little bit. Let's go into the Greek here. Comforter, this word that we just look at, helper, is the word paraklesis. Now, depending on several nuances of how it gets used, you're going to have a different suffix on the, in the end of this here. So it's also parakletos or paraklesis. So paraklesis, let's look at this. Para means alongside to help. Okay, alongside to help. So if you have a paramedic, a paramedic then is somebody who's alongside to help the doctor, render first aid, help out with this or that. You know, and so we have a number of paramedics that actually uh, attend the church. And so paramedic. You also would have perhaps a paralegal. What is that? That's somebody that's called alongside help the, the attorney, the lawyer, the judge. Uh, to handle the legal things, to be there alongside to help. But then you have the paraklesis or parakletos that Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as. And so, para, let's, let's go to the word for this. The, go back, if you would, to paraklesis. All right, notice this word here. And now go to ecclesia. Okay, and ecclesia, you ready for this? Can I tell you what that means? This means the called out ones. And do you know what it is? It's the church. I'm waiting for your bell and your whistle and your, okay. The church. So he is the paraclesis. He is the one called alongside to help the, the church. And we are the church. Paul reveals also in the same, in, in first Corinthians, uh, he's the one, uh, we as the church are are the body of Christ individually and corporately together. And so the Holy Spirit came to help us individually and corporately together. Can you say amen if you're with me so far? All right, the main work though, and tonight we're just starting on the work of the Holy Spirit. The main work of the Holy Spirit is personal and individual and daily personal, individual, and daily. Look at this um, in John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Everybody say, to my advantage. And he's talking to the disciples here, but he's saying, it's your, to your advantage that I go away. Now, this is just before betrayal and crucifixion. For if I do not go away, the helper, there it is again, Paracletos, paraclesis, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Okay? Now, what do you mean it's to our advantage? It is better that Jesus would leave. It's like, Jesus, it doesn't get better than you. Why, why would you leave? Okay, here's what happened though. When Jesus is speaking this, he has limited himself. Philippians chapter 2. He has limited himself. He's fully God, but he's also become fully man. 
So he's limited himself of his divine privileges. Okay? He has taken on the form of a servant. He has put on flesh. And because he has done that, while he was here in that earthly ministry, he limited himself. And so here's one aspect of why it would be a greater advantage. You ready for this? Because he could only be one place at one time. He could just be one place. Remember that people be pulling on him. You got to stay here and preach some more and do this and be right. He goes, I, I, I can't. I've got, to, I've got to keep going. I've got to go to the next village and I've got to go, go here and there. He could only be at one place at one time. But what about the Holy Spirit? No limits. No limits. And so the Holy Spirit is everywhere present at once. And so that is obviously one of the big advantages of this. Let's go back and look at John 14, uh, 16 one more time. And I will pray the Father and he will give you. I want to zero in on this word here. Everybody say another. Another helper that he may abide with you forever. Okay, so if Jesus is saying uh, he won't come unless I go. Jesus reveals himself as in, in that moment. Jesus is currently at that time, he was the helper. Okay? And now when he would leave, which he did, and he sent the Holy Spirit to come, another here, and that word in the Greek means um, one just like this one. Okay? So have you ever had something you go, now this one's kind of worn out, not that Jesus was worn out? It's like, I want to get one just like this one. You know? Yeah. Um, are you all following? On that, uh, another way to put it, I read in, in one commentator years ago, Jesus is saying, um, I'm going to send him to you and he will do in my absence what I would do for you if I was present with you. Okay. So another comforter, just like himself, that's who the Holy Spirit would be for us. He's saying, meet your new comforter who will be with you and in you. Amen. Realize this then and get a revelation of this based on last week and what we've shared this week, that the Holy Spirit is God and he is God with you and he is God in you. Now think about that a little bit further. All knowing, all powerful, everywhere present at once. He is the agent of creation. He's the agent of action. He's the agent of power of, of the Godhead. And, and he's with me. He's with you. Where is he with you at though? Only in this room, right? No, where is he with you? Come on, help me out. Where? Everywhere. Think of your Everywhere. Think of where you were today and you're like, ah, oh, I can't stand this or not. You know, whatever's going on. He's with you right there. Now, here's a gentleman. He doesn't overwhelm you. You don't just float in this purple cloud, you know. There's Gilligan. And since he got the Holy Spirit, he's... Like, no, you're just real deal sweating it out like the rest of us. But he's with you. And it's a matter of us... Uh, Having that intimate fellowship with him that helps and strengthens us. And I want to get to that uh, here in just a moment. His primary work, his main focus, and we'll talk more about how he helps the church.
corporately, how he helps missionaries. We're going to talk about all of how he helps us in a service. We're going to get to all those things. But if you look at scripture, the preponderance of it, and you look at what the Holy Spirit does, his main focus, his main ministry is personal, individual, daily with you. Aren't you so glad that it's not just in this room one, two hours a week? And see, some people have been misinformed. It's been mismodeled for them. And then they walk out, okay. You know, and that is so far from the truth. He is with you wherever you go. So his primary work, though, is with you. But it is also his primary work is internal. Internal. Now follow this real quick. Salvation, internal, work of the Spirit. Character, he's working on the inside to help us that way. Fruit, life, courage, a knowing. Has the Holy Spirit ever given you a knowing on something? Wisdom, warning. Has he ever warned you? Leading, has he ever led you? Crisis. Have you ever been in a crisis and he helped you? How about knowing the will of God? How about overcoming things? And I don't have time to really go into this so much right now, but the law, and that is, you know, got to keep the law, got to do all these do's and don'ts and get it just right and behave just right and I get all that. And then I can overcome and, and make life work. False. The law... And your will, follow this, we'll spend more time on this. Your will, your determination to live right, to do right, both of them are limited in the same way that they can only really impact you outwardly and temporarily. I'm just going to tell on all of us. We typically, it's just an external thing, the speed limit 40 on this road. And you think, well, I don't, I don't agree with that. How many of you have not agreed with the speed limit that's been posted before? It should be much more than this, you know? <laughs> and so what, what do you do? Internal, internal, you're kind of fighting that. But external, well, let's see who's around external. <laughs> let's see if the highway patrol or the sheriff or OPD is... Is nearby. So what are we doing? The law in that sense is external and temporary. And so while you see that, you see that cruiser, police interceptor sitting there, you're like 10 and 2 and glory to God, I do the speed limit. <laughs> but given the opportunity, see, it's just temporary and it's external. Now let's go way further than just doing the speed limit, Okay. The Holy Spirit, internal, that's the only place that transformation can take place. See, transformation takes place on the inside and not because of our will or determination and not because of law, but because of something that happens in us by the Holy Spirit who transforms us. And so that leads me to something we'll we'll expand a little bit more next week. If you will walk and live in the Holy Spirit, you'll have victory. Wait. All the things that for 20, 30, 40 years you've been trying to overcome, 
you've already proven now you can't overcome it. You can't overcome it with your will, your determination. All right, New Year's resolution. And if I do all these things, you, you can't do it. But if you will cooperate in a way with the Holy Spirit that we're going to learn, transformation will happen on the inside. Now, part of that happens through what are called spiritual disciplines, spiritual formation. Let me just give you two of them, okay? And what this does is not works. It's just positioning yourself. Remember we read that earlier? Intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Can he help you? That when we position ourselves through, let's just go these two, solitude and silence. Do you know what the enemy of your soul traffics in? You ready for this? Noise, hurry, and crowd. Crowding your life and lots of people. And when you have noise and hurry and crowding in your life, good luck. And he's calling us away. Solitude, silence. What does that do? It just positions you and exposes you to the Holy Spirit where he can do something transforming in your life. Now, we'll talk more about that later, but I hope that just piques your interest just a little bit on that. Ephesians 5.18, and then we're going to do something before we leave here tonight. It says, but be... Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. A little, I've seen some other people filled with the Spirit. It's a little goofy. Well, get out of that ditch and don't go in the other ditch and come up, come up on the road. And we should never be afraid of being full of the Spirit. Jesus, John 3.34 says, had the Spirit without measure. Most, use this terminology, most Spirit-filled person ever. And Jesus was not weird. Jesus was not given to bizarre behavior, right? And so to be filled with the Spirit just means to be a life that the Spirit has filled. But Ephesians, this is actually, this is an imperative, uh, present, passive command. And it it means this. It's continuous and repeated. It has to keep, keep going. So what it's literally saying here is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. So being filled with the Spirit is not this one-time event. It's ongoing lifestyle. And I say this and we always laugh a little bit, but it's true. Why do I have to keep being filled? Because we what? We leak. And we just need more and more of Him to be filled in our life. Now, we're going to, in the weeks to come, we're going to get more into the doctrine of filling baptism of the Holy Spirit and those kind of things. And we're going to see what the word of God says about that. But the bottom line is just this, okay? That you get filled, you be filled, you stay filled, you keep getting filled. I just think every day and then throughout the day, Holy Spirit, just, we, we just look tonight who he is, what he does. I, I, little dab of do you nothing. I need to be filled. You need to be filled. And there are times, and uh, yesterday afternoon, I mean, we're really, I'm working really hard on a paper I've got coming up due for school. And I just was drained. Just drained coming off the weekend and then deadlines and, and pushing all this. And I was just kind of drained. And I just thought, ah. and I went out and sat on my front, front porch and I said, oh, God, if you'd just help me. And I thought, that's so stupid, Gilligan. 
You know, he's right here with me. You know, it's like I'm asking him to do something that was not on, he hadn't thought of. So he's on standby right there. And then I just, I just felt that just gentle nudge on the inside. I know, I know, I know. And I'm telling you, in just a moment, not even a minute, Holy Spirit, just be you in me. Fill me. And, I, and, and if we had dials, don't you wish we had dials and meters? My joy meter, my peace meter, they all started to fill back up. And I'm not lying to you. Just kind of, and my doubt and worry meter and all that. And that's not some magic something. This is the creator, redeemer, eternal spirit of the living God. I need him, you need him in our life every day, wherever we're going. Amen.